Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Fluently Forward. I am happy to have you here for this one. This week's episode, we've got a lovely podcaster friend of mine on, Christy from the X Knows All podcast. If you like my podcast, you're going to like hers. And if you like hers, you're going to like mine. I think in the Venn diagram of who listens to both of our podcasts, it's actually just, it's one big circle and there's no one on either just one side. So this week's episode was inspired by the newest season of You. And it must be a Netflix thing, by the way, because I've watched, I binged actually last Saturday. I was so pathetic. I think, you know how there's screen time for your phone? Well, there should be also a feature that tells you couch time and how long you were on the couch. And let me tell you, I didn't leave my house at all on Saturday. I binged you and then I watched other stuff. And I will say I downloaded Just Dance on Apple TV. So I had a little bit of a workout in between because that's like the only type of workout I like to do is dancing (laughs) in my apartment. Anyway, needless to say, I finished part one embarrassingly quickly. And I'm waiting for part two to come out, which is it's giving very much stranger things. Let me know how you feel about the part thing. But yeah, a lot of people are saying that they don't like this newest season of the Netflix series, You. And I have to preface that because it's such a confusing title for a show. Kelly from Beyond the Blinds texted me something last weekend. My phone was on Do Not Disturb, so I didn't even see the text and I was on Twitter. And she tweeted, that the newest season of You is not good whatsoever. And I texted her, no, is you not good? And then she went, I'm fine. Like, what are you on about? I was like, no, is, is you bad? And she went, are you okay? Like, I'm fine. I was like, no, the TV show, the TV show you. So I'm sure that there's many stories like that have, have happened, you know, since it came out. I thought it was fine. I thought it wasn't as good as season one or two or even three. Oh God, maybe I didn't like it that much then. Anyway, but needless to say, there's not too much about Penn Badgley out there. So I didn't want to do a whole episode on you. Instead, I want to talk about stalkers, right? Because that's who's in the TV show, you, stalkers, and specifically celebrity stalkers. And in this episode, we're going to go over a little bit the psychology of stalkers, the different types of them, domestic stalking versus stranger stalking. And then we're going to talk about celebrities who have had encounters with these stalkers. So I feel like, you know, that kind of gives you an idea enough if this episode would be triggering to you. Don't listen because we're talking about stalking. We're talking about people being violent. We're talking about some celebrities that have been killed by stalkers and not like the, you know, not like the super nasty stuff, but we're talking about like the threats that the stalkers have made. So if any of that creeps you out or just makes you uncomfortable, um, stay tuned for the Wednesday mini episode. But for anyone who's, you know, got that stomach of steel, let's get right on into it. And here is Christy. All right. I am welcome. Christy, a.k.a. X Knows All, back to Fluently Forward for your, I want to say, is it your second time on here, but our third time recording, fourth time recording together? Yeah, the first time I was on your show, we had Shia, then you came onto my show to do Malaysian Airlines, and then we recorded yesterday from the Minnesota Device segment, and this is my second time being on your show. Yes, and I have to say, if anyone hasn't listened to the episode that we did on your show that I was on together. God, could I make this any more confusing? But basically I went on X knows all and we talked about the missing Malaysian flight 
that was one of my favorite episodes I've done in a while because you know that I love conspiracy theories and you always research everything so well. And it like I I was reinvigorated with the spirit of we have to find that plane. Like number one is who was Jeffrey Epstein's clients and then number two is where the fuck is that plane, you know? I am so happy that I got you on that specific episode because when I teased Mal- – the reason I actually had like kind of gotten down a rabbit hole with the Malaysian Airlines flight was I had listened to an episode of My Favorite murder and they had covered it and I'm like I remember this happening in like 2012 but I'd never done like a deep dive into what exactly happened and when I kind of like floated the idea on my Instagram at xnazal um all my followers were DMing me and they're like can you please get Shannon on this episode with you like a lot of like not more than one person asked me to do it. and I was like oh I don't even know why I didn't think of to bring Shannon on so I'm so happy you came on because I felt like it was such a dynamic conversation and we had so many different perspectives and viewpoints and so many of my friends like reached out to me and they're like, I'm actually scared after listening to that episode. <laughs> it was scary. I, I got a little bit freaked out because one of the things that we talked about in that episode, just a little sneak peek rooney is when that flight happened, it was in the middle of the night. So whenever I think of these life events happening at sea. For example, the Titanic drowning or what the hell? Crashing? Crashing. Am I good? Capsizing? <laughs> yeah. Capsizing. I, wait, yeah. Do, okay. Yeah. A ship can't drown. Anyway, but yeah. when you watch the movie, it's all lit up by the moonlight. But the reality is that ship broke in half and sank to the bottom of the ocean in pitch black darkness. And same with this Malaysian flight where, you know, it's, it's assumed by most that it crashed somewhere in the Indian Ocean, maybe off the coast of Australia. You know, there's different theories out there. And that happened in the pitch black of darkness. So imagine you're on that plane. It's dark. You can't see anything. You just know that you're falling. That makes it like triply as scary. Yeah. When you had brought that up on the show, I had not even thought of that. And yeah, like you said, on Titanic, we it's bright lights. You know, we think that, you know, you have the lifeboats and you can see Rose's mom being like, oh my God, you know, my daughter's on that, on that ship and it's dra- sinking. That's the word. Mm-hmm. It's sinking. Oh my God. We finally, <laughs> yeah, I was like, the ship is drowning. The ship was sinking and you're just under the impression that these disasters on ships or on planes happen when the sun is shining and it's a beautiful day. It's like, no, the Malaysian Airlines flight departed past midnight and was like slated to arrive around like 5.30 a.m. into Beijing. And the craziest part is like n- the plane hasn't been recovered. Sure, they've, there have been alleged findings of parts of the plane that have been found like on random remote locations of islands in the Indian Ocean, but we've never actually found any bodies or any actual like Nothing, really. So it just, it makes it all the more confusing and like the more reason to go down rabbit holes. Dude, 100%. It's very lost. So anyone who wants to know more about that plane, please go check out our episode. But today we're going to be talking about something that's also a little bit creepy. We are going to be talking about stalkers, specifically celebrity stalkers. And I've done a little bit of research into the psychology of stalkers. A lot of people say that there's four main types of stalkers out there and celebrity stalking is one of the types. And this, I it was kind of inspired because I binged all of the latest season of You. Now, how caught up are you on the show, You? Like, what did you think of it when you first started watching? I was obsessed with season one. I loved, like, how it took place in New York City. I loved that it was this, like, fresh new show and no one had any 
kind of preconceived notions as to what the show was about. We kind of went in blindly and we're like, oh, fun. It's like Dan Humphrey from Gossip Girl. He's, he's back. But I was yeah. hooked in season one. And then I thought as the seasons progressively went on, I kind of found, felt them to be, they were still good, but I didn't find it to be as compelling as season one. But needless to say, I think it's a really good topic you chose because it's such a topical kind of part of like the world that we live in now and little did I even know when I was doing research for the episode like stalking has been something that's been occurring in Hollywood for decades and decades and perhaps now it's just a bit more known simply due to the fact that like we have we feel as if we have so much more access to celebrities and we feel as if we know their intimate lives we know their marriages we know their families we know what their home the insides of their homes look like so it feels almost like they're our personal friends, and I can see why celebrity stalking has become a little bit more accessible, so to speak, as like dark as that sounds, but it's worth pointing out. Like this has been a thing for years. It's not just something that happened in the 21st century when Instagram became a thing. Yeah, and God, like I also like I am creepy, but I'm like a digital little stalker. You know what I mean? Like I try to find people's family members, Facebook accounts, and like all of this crazy stuff. And there was a meme I saw where it was like socially acceptable stalking versus not socially acceptable. And it's like, it was a cartoon of a girl having a pool party and a guy was looking through a fence and he's like, nice, Jessica's having a pool party. It's like creepy. But then if he goes on Facebook and looks at pictures that they posted and goes, nice, Jessica had a pool party. Like that's totally acceptable. So it's it's this weird idea of, if you peeped into someone's windows, you can't do that shit. But if you watch and screenshot their Architectural Digest house tour, that's like totally fine. And I definitely do the latter. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And you think about too, like, let's uh, just in like a practical world, not even like taking myself out of the celebrity world. Like how many times are we like looking at the guy that we are interested in? It's like Instagram story and we're screenshotting things like, wait, wait, whose hand um, was that in the background? Not even Instagram. Like I used to drive by <laughs> boys houses, me and my friends, like we were obsessed with the boys on the cross country team. And we were also on the cross country team. Did we speak to them? No. Do I still remember all of their actual addresses? Yes, dude. We would go to Dunkin' Donuts get some munchkins in a box, stick it in between us, passenger seat, driver's seat, and just cruise around town, D-Bean. That is so relatable because it's actually funny you bring that up because I was listening to Back to the Beach. Were you a Laguna Beach fan back in the day? No, but I'm I'm slowly getting into it. Okay, yeah, because it's on Netflix now. But, you know, Kristen and Steven are obviously doing their rewatch podcast, and I'm like a pretty, like, loyal listener of it. It's just really fun and nostalgic for me to listen to. But in this episode that I was listening to before we recorded – um, Kristen was saying, Kristen and Stephen were both saying how when they were in high school, they would sit and park outside of like people's houses to see like are they <laughs> home. And I was like, I've never really like I thought that was just a shit that me and my friends used to do in like Irvine. Like no, oh, this I used is like to a, yeah a thing. Put it in park and stay there for a bit. <laughs> oh yeah, like me and my friends would literally just all we would like high we would climb the seats all the way back so they could, it was just a, a ghost driver. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the shit. Like, we are stalkers to a degree, I guess. Can I tell you the crazy, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but, like, I will give away cringy things about myself if I think that they're funny, which, like, gets me in trouble all the time. Me and my one friend, there was this guy that we used to drive by his house, and he, on the front porch, had, like, a rocking chair, And in the back, he had a trampoline. And me and my friends dared each other. We were like, because we didn't think he was home. We were like, I'll rock if you bounce. (laughs) Meaning like, I'll go sit in the rocking chair if you go to the backyard and jump on the trampoline. Did you do it? things that you do. 
Yeah, I rocked and she bounced. <laughs> oh, so we're like, were anyone was anyone home? Like, no, they weren't home. And this was just like you know, kids in like suburban New Jersey. Like, you know, that's what you do. It's either that or go to the library. You know, so there totally. weren't that many options of what to do on the weekends. Oh, I'm so glad this is a shared experience because I thought me and my friends were literal insane freaks. But I'm glad to know that I'm not alone. Yeah, anyone, write in. You know, actually, don't write in. Find out where we live and knock on our door and tell it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just through a DM. But so something else I want to talk about, too, is this idea of stalkers being romanticized. And this kind of happened in the TV show You. This happens a lot in literary tropes, especially like erotica tropes. You have a stalker, like I'm thinking Fifty Shades of Grey, and the stalker is always the most handsome billionaire on planet Earth who's just stalking little old you who loves to read books with mousy brown hair. That's like so many different tropes. I think a lot of people think of stalking as flattering. Not, I mean, obviously not the majority, but there's a lot of people that because of these tropes almost view stalking as not dangerous or like, oh, it's flattering if you have a stalker. And researching the psychology behind these stalkers, which I'm going to dive into, and all of these different stories from celebrities, it is not romantic at all. It, it You feel unsafe, you feel violated, gross, sick, followed, just not at peace, terrified, and on edge all the time. And What's really crazy is that when I was looking up all of these different celebrity stalkers, and we're only going to be talking about maybe seven folks, every single celebrity has had multiple stalkers, which I just find absolutely wild. So first of all, before we get into the psychology of it, have you or anyone you know had an experience with stalking? Fortunately, no. And I'd be curious, and I should have looked up the statistics for like stalking in the United States, but I'd imagine it's a far more frequent occurrence than we would give it credit for. Like you said, we often think of stalkers to be the most, it's like with kid, like with like abductions, like we think of like the stranger danger behind the bushes grabbing you. And, but like more often than not, you perhaps like know your abductor, you know, it could be like yeah, a grandmother. It's less that's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and with stalkers, I think that could take, you know, there's many like shades of what that could look like. Many shades of gray. There could be like the person, like I hate to bring it back to like the Idaho murders, but like there's a lot of, there's a lot of speculation as to whether he was stalking like one of the four roommates prior to him killing the, you know, four of the roommates in that house. So that's like the most extreme version, right? You have this stranger who comes out of the woodwork who maybe saw you at a restaurant and said, that girl's pretty, I want to start following her. And that it leads to like the most egregious, horrifying situation there ever could be. But then you kind of pedal that back and there could be stalkers where like, maybe there's a guy at school that you think is like nice, but is kind of getting more and more creepy. Like it just, it doesn't create, there's not like one size of like what stalking would look like. But fortunately, no. Have you? No, a couple of my friends have definitely had to get restraining orders. And that's the type of stalking we're going to talk about, which is domestic stalking. And that's somebody that you know. So that's typically like an ex-partner. It could even be a family member. I think uh, common cases of this are after a divorce. If, you know, let's say, for example, the mom has custody of the children and the father isn't allowed to see them, stalking cases can happen like that. So there's three elements to stalking. And number one is repeated following or harassment. And then the second one is a credible threat being made against your safety or the safety of your family. And then the third element is the stalker trying to place you in fear for your safety or your family's safety. And I'm like, I'm thinking of some of my DMs. I'm like, well, if this is virtual, I've definitely had some of that shit happen. But the difference is a lot of these people, when it comes to celebrity stalking, 
they go from a fan into a fanatic. And basically, they'll be in love with this celebrity. They'll be obsessed with them. And then they'll get turned away or denied in some sense, which honestly could just be a boundary or a bodyguard saying nobody can come back here. And they go from I love you to I hate you. And they turn completely fanatical. And that's when it gets really dangerous. 80% of stalking that happens is domestic stalking. That's somebody that you know, that's somebody that you have had an experience with. And they say that domestic stalking is actually, even though it's someone you know, it's more dangerous because if they threaten you, they're more likely to commit that violent act. So domestic stalkers, for every two times that they you know, violently promise some sort of threat, they follow through on that violent promise one out of every two times. And then the other time a stalker is a stranger stalker. Someone you don't know, you've never really met, you don't know them that well. They're more deranged sociopath, you know, have mental problems, but they're less dangerous. So they stalk because they want to gain control. And they will do a lot of different threats, but they don't really follow through on these. So the domestic ones follow through one out of every two times, and a stranger stalker follows through on a threat one out of every ten times. Now, typically they just really want to exercise control over their victim. And that's why they do all of these crazy threats. And a lot of the times they don't actually kill or want to harm someone. They just want to express those crazy threats. So the victim feels fear and then they have that sense of control over them. What I also found really interesting was that stalkers psychologically, they never think that they're a stalker. They truly think that they are a victim. They've been hurt. You wronged them. And if you call them a stalker, that just makes them feel even more victimized. Like, oh, like you already hurt me and now you're calling me a stalker. Like every, like you are the worst, blah, blah, blah. I I was going to say, like, I I thought through, like I was thinking through several things as you Mm. were talking. The first thing I was thinking of, and I didn't even think about it when I was like reading the outline ahead of the show, but like, you think of, like you said, there's two types of stalkers, like someone that you know versus someone that's like a stranger or danger. And like, I think of the Cassie, remember Cassie and Colton Underwood? Yes, from The Bachelor. Yeah, and like how quick, like this is, I know this is going off a little off tangent, but like how quick people were to kind of like uncancel him and he got a show on Netflix, like coming out Colton, like he almost was able to like rewrite a story, but it kind of like when I'm looking at these stalking three elements, right? You have the repeated following or harassment. So he mm-hmm. was waiting, like he would be texting her, calling her nonstop, not only her, but her family members as well, making a credible threat against the safety of the victim or or their family. I don't know if a threat was explicitly given to Cassie or her family, but I can imagine he more likely than not. Also, given I, I think a lot of these threats too can be like, if you don't call me back, I'm going to do something to myself. You know, like I think it's, the threat isn't always like, I'm going to slit your throat. Like there's such an umbrella term. Yeah. And I think he's even admitted that to like saying, you know, I was in such a bad place. I wanted to, you know, like take my own life and, and, and things like that. Um, and then also stalker intended to place victim in the feeder for their or their family safety. It's like he'll be waiting outside her house in Huntington Beach, just chilling in like one of the alleyways. And Oh my he, God, I say that like we didn't do that in high school, but it's different because it was different, okay? Yeah, it was different. But we like only it, did one of the elements. Yeah. And like the brother found Colton in an alley. Like Colton didn't even intend to necessarily, maybe he was, but it was so late at night that her brother was like, why are you out, outside here? And it's just, it's, 
again, it goes from like the I love you, like you say in the notes, you get goes from I love you to I hate you and it turns into fanaticism. And he's even attributed his behavior in subsequent interviews to say, you know, like if I couldn't have Cassie, like no one else could. And he almost put her, obviously he was struggling with his sexuality at the time and he's later come out as, as gay. But he said during that time he felt so obsessed with if she wasn't the person for him, then that would mean he would have to confront his sexuality. So he was almost using her as a pawn to like create this like fictitious lifestyle that he was hoping to make everyone believe and took it out on her in a way that was like incredibly violent and intimidating. Yeah. A little bit of a tangent, but just, I was just thinking about that story and how like, it's such a shame that like something like that and his egregious behavior wasn't necessarily reprimanded at the end of the day. It's really upsetting. Yeah, especially too, because I... How is she doing? Like, has she spoken out? I don't keep up that much with The Bachelor, but has she spoken out about, like... Because when we get into some of these stories about celebrities, they have a lot of PTSD from experiences of stalking. Yeah, I... I think the most horrible thing he ended up doing that really scared Cass, and I think was what kind of catalyzed her filing the restraining order that she subsequently dropped a couple weeks later after she filed it, was that he had planted a tracking device on her vehicle and she had just found it like one day and she had a feeling she's like I for some reason I just have a feeling like he's stalking my whereabouts and she kind Mm. of did like a deep dive of her car and found the tracking device and I think she's been always very very kind of demure and she's never been one to kind of like after you know during that time of the bachelor everyone was coming out as with so much fame and so many followers and she was never about that life even though she was like the, the the last one standing she's since kind of kept a really low profile. I think she's like a speech pathologist. She has a new boyfriend, but I don't think she's ever come out and said the impact. Yeah, like done a tell Yeah, but I'd be curious what that does to the psychology of the victim. And it's funny that you mentioned she said, like, I just had a feeling that he was stalking my whereabouts because I listened to a couple of interviews with some victims of stalking and their number one advice for anyone was listen to your gut and trust your instinct. Like society kind of tries to make us dampen that thing and be like, oh, people, please don't make people feel bad. Like make them feel comfortable. Uh, uh, uh. Always listen to your instinct and always listen to your gut. Yeah. I'm trying to think too, like even some of my creator friends, I don't want to like say any of their names, but I have one creator friend where somebody made a TikTok account and on all of her videos kept commenting her address over and over and over again. And she would block that account and then another account would pop up and just comment. So she had to mute the her street name in her comments because that person, I guess, found out where they lived. And I remember even too, like a couple months ago, I was outdoor dining at like a restaurant with a couple of friends. And when I got back home on TikTok, somebody left a comment and they're like, just saw you like at blah, blah, blah. Like how was the pasta? Or no, they would said like, how was the pasta at blah, 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 which was just like kind of a tongue in cheek way, I guess to say like, I saw you eating pasta when I walked by, but even just that, which is so like literally so tiny, it's just kind of fucking weird to be like, oh, like you knew me and like, I don't know you. And I don't know when you saw me, but you were being like, oh, look, like I saw you eating pasta from far away. And like, I know that you were doing that. And now I'm like telling you that I saw it. Like, there's just something weird. I think especially too, we don't have any like social media influencers on here, but that could be a really interesting episode too, because I think those types of creators, I know I've got some parasocial relationships with YouTubers and podcasters, and it's more it's kind of easier to have it with someone who's a YouTuber daily vlogging rather than Anne Hathaway, who's like in a movie once every two years. Yeah, I 
first of all, that experience that you described, that's incredibly unsettling. And I understand it's like very small in the grander scheme of what we're going to talk about today, but that would make me incredibly uneasy to know that someone like, and I know they probably didn't even mean malicious intent whatsoever. They were just trying to be, like you said, they're probably trying to be cheeky, but regardless, it's like, that is kind of scary. I would be a little Also, it's out. the word, like, what if they were like, how did you like that pasta at Ibuko, you bitch? Then I'd be like, oh, wait, now it's a threat. But before I'd be like, do you like me or what? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I know what you mean. I think, like, there's a very different, the difference between stalkers for, like, A-list celebrities like Kendall Jenner and Justin Bieber and who we're going to talk about today versus stalkers of, like, New York City influencers or like, you know, half-baked harvest. I don't know why the fuck I picked her. Just like some random person that's been on the on the scene forever. It's like you feel like you know these people and it creates this avenue of like, well, you share your whole life. I'm speaking specifically to influencers. You share your whole life. So I feel almost like uh, privy. Like I should be in like very much in your space. Like you've opened up your life. Therefore, I have the opportunity and I should be able to ask these questions and blow yeah. up your spot. Which is not who right. Was, I was just thinking of this. Who was that woman who who was killed at a meet and greet by one of her? Christine. Like, Christine Grimms. I was just looking yes. her up. I mean, she and she, you know, she, I think she was bigger than just like a, a YouTuber, but um, she wasn't like a traditional celebrity. And I remember that happened. Yeah. Back in 2019. Y- Orlando, it, Florida. Yeah. I Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Asia 22 singer Christina Grimmy. She was she had one third. She had been second runner up on The Voice. She had two studio albums under her belt and she was at a meet and greet yeah, in Orlando. And a witness at the event said that Christina opened her arms to her killer waiting to greet him with a hug. According to the Daily Mail, her brother then jumped across the merchandise booth to tackle the suspect, but he managed to escape. This suspect's name is uh, Kevin Lobel, but he managed to escape and then then Lobel killed himself almost instantaneously. But I guess the guy that had killed her... He, his friend had described him as a loner with an unrealistic infatuation with the singer, 27-year-old Kevin spent most of his waking hours watching Christina on YouTube as well as constantly monitoring her social media accounts. He, this is even more disturbing. He even went to great lengths to change his appearance with rapid weight loss, LASIK, teeth whitening, and hair implants so he would become more attractive. Damn, Jesus. So you know what I mean? It's just like you never... No, and you know they do say eighty percent is domestic stalking, and the stranger stalking is a lot less likely to happen. And allegedly, you know, they threaten; they don't follow through as much. But obviously, we're going to talk about some people moving on here who uh, who have had some of these deranged stalkers follow through on their threats. Now, you dropped in here too that there were some celebrities who have been killed by their stalkers. Yeah. So besides, you know, like what I just mentioned with Christina. Uh, we have John Lennon, who is probably the most notable, most famous celebrity that was killed by a stalker. So he was shot five times in the back outside of his Manhattan apartment building by a fan who goes by the name of Mark David Chapman. In 2010, Chapman stated he had a hit list that included celebrities like Elizabeth Taylor, Paul McCartney, and late-night legend Johnny Carson. But he chose Lennon strictly out of convenience. That was his quote, out of convenience. He also expressed hatred of Lennon's hit Imagine, which he believed made the iconic musician a communist and a hypocrite. Uh, If he hated that, he should have stuck around for COVID when everybody sang it. (laughs) Oh my God, triggered. He, uh, Mark David Chapman said, he told us to imagine no possessions and there he was with millions of dollars in yachts and farms and country estates, laughing at people like me who had believed the lies and bought the records and built a big part of their lives around his music, which is- scary 
the last one I'll touch on is her name is Rebecca Schaefer. She's a 21-year-old um, woman. When she was killed in 1989, she was a sitcom star. She was shot and killed in her own home in the doorway of her house, which was in Hollywood, by an obsessive fan by the name of Robert John Bardo. He had been stalking her for three years. This is all via the Los Angeles Times. He had written her letters, but his obsession had taken a dark turn when he hired a PI to find her home address via the California DMV, which is like, I guess that shit, it, that's public. Like, if you own a home, it's like you could find out where people live. I, I don't know what mm-hmm. that is with, like, I know in California you you see I mean, it's public information because you have, like, public tax, tax records for, like, your property taxes. I guess that's why you just, like, have to be in a gated community after a certain point. Yeah. Um, and I guess, according to today, she was auditioning for a role in The Godfather Part 3, and she was expecting a script to be hand-delivered to her door. So when she had opened it, she had assumed that this was someone that was delivering the script to her, but instead she was greeted by Robert John Bardot, um, and he had come to her house with a .357 handgun, and he said that her last words were just, why, why? Dark. Jesus Christ. Very dark and scary. Oh, my and God. It's just, this goes to show you, these were all kind of older school celebrities. These were way prior to just even a computer or the internet. These were just people doing like downright full-on stalking with hiring PIs and looking at public records at the DMV. Absolutely wild. Let me tell you about Way and some of their hair care products. Now, for me personally, with my hair care kind of style, I like to take one or two days a week to do a full reset in terms of not just shampoo, but working on your scalp and really scrubbing everything out. The more that I tend to my scalp, the longer I can go without washing my hair, which is why I really like to take care of it. That's kind of the main reason. So there's two fantastic products from Way here. We have an anti-dandruff shampoo, so that's gonna take care of flakes. It's gonna soothe your scalp. It also can be paired with a detox shampoo. So that's if you wanna give your scalp and your hair just like a little bit of a reset. And then Way also has a scalp serum. And this is really important because a lot of times some people think that they have dandruff, but it's actually a dry scalp. So this is gonna balance and hydrate your scalp and you can use it day or night you can use it with wet hair you can use it with dry hair so the way to healthy hair starts here get it so you can go to t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and use code fluently for 15% off your entire purchase that's t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com code fluently there's nothing you can do to like none of these people did anything wrong you know it's it's not like oh these here are steps to take to get stalked and not get stalked right of course when you film anything in your apartment for example you don't really want to film out your windows because then people could see when where you live if you take a picture of a pr box or something and this is for anyone like make sure that your address isn't on there there's certain steps you can take but at the same time there's not really anything you can do i remember my mom called me the other day after my um Andrew Tate episode and she's like I'm kind of worried that you put that out there because there's a lot of people who Mm. like him and like blah 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 and I was like you know what mom actually I've got I got more death threats over the Selena Gomez TikTok I made than I did over the Andrew Tate thing so like you actually never know what it's gonna be like you know like sometimes it's just a crazy stan versus I don't know saying something bad about Putin versus Bella Thorne like all it takes is just one nutter for lack of a better word, to, like, just be crazy. It has nothing to do with the The song that you write or, yeah, anything of that. Yeah, the salamanders are pretty insane. 
Right? Jesus me. Christ. Like, yeah. some of these stands actually, like, need to, I don't know, like, they need to get fixed or something. There's just something wrong with their brain. But So let's start with number one, Justin Bieber. This is a wild freaking story of his stalker. There were two guys who were stalking him on behalf of somebody who was in jail, who was in prison for, and I'm going to make sure I put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, but there was someone named Dana Martin, and they were serving two life sentences in a prison for raping and killing a 15-year-old girl. And they talked to two people on the outside of this prison, Mark Stake and his nephew, Tanner, all about stalking Justin Bieber and trying to castrate him. So the goal of this stalker for Justin Bieber, they wanted to cut off Justin Bieber's balls. And you saw in your research that they wanted to sell that each testicle for what was this, $2,500? Yes, they wanted to sell each testicle of his for $2,500, who knows, maybe on eBay. And like you said, they, the suspects had met at, as inmates in the New Mexico Correctional Facility and this is super disturbing and, like, made me really upset. He allegedly wanted to castrate Bieber's dogs, too. Can I say something that's, like, so sick? But, like, th- this is so sick. I feel like you could get more for the testicles than 2500 You shouldn't be cutting them off and you shouldn't be selling them. But I'm, like, 2500 Maybe that's because that's, like, my rent here in New York. But I'm, like, one testicle is Not good business acumen. Yeah, that's not good business acumen. They should have they should have increased the price. Literally deranged agree. on all levels, economically <laughs> yeah. and also psychologically. Yeah, so, like, like, if you're going to do it, just do it for a little bit of a higher cost. You know what I mean? Higher price. Come on. And the weird, bizarre reason for this, his obsession was basically, and he had a Justin Bieber tattoo on his right leg, and then he also had, like, different initials. Like, he was he was obsessed, basically. And the reason he wanted Justin Bieber dead was because uh, he changed. And he said, it isn't just so people will know who I am. It's because he changed, and that made me angry. And the change he was talking about was when Justin Bieber got edgy and he was speeding and driving under the influence and pissing in a bucket and saying, fuck you, Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. That was, like, I remember when he was, like, spiraling out of control and he, like, was driving his Ferrari and, like, I think Miami Do you remember his over. mugshot, Christy, where of he's course. smiling like a golden boy and it's his mugshot? Oh, my God, no. Of course. I, like, I was – I've been a believer <laughs> since, like, when I was 18 years old and just – I was literally like a pedophile. I was 18 years old and Justin Bieber was – it's when, like, uh, one more time – oh, no, one time when that song came out. I'm going to tell you one, one time. time. And then, like, mm-hmm. One Less Lonely Girl. So that was, like, when he was first coming onto the scene. And when you wore I, purple and white. Of course, yes. He, wore, <laughs> he had, like, the, 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 the swished hair and whatever. He was playing at the L.A. Citadel, and they had they had blown up his picture on the freeway. So, like, the most busiest highway in California. It's, like, Justin Bieber for free. You can see him in concert. I attended that concert when I was 18. And then I went to a, a concert of his at the Hollywood Palladium, like, a couple months later, Paid $250 for a meet and greet, met him, took a picture with him. Like, <laughs> I was, like, an extra in his VMA, like, performance of Baby in, like, 2014. Like, I was upset. Like, it's almost embarrassing to admit all this because I was, like, a full-fledged adult. Like, I wasn't, like, 15. Like, I was an 18-year-old woman. Um, but the fervor, <laughs> the fervor of, like, believers and, like, the quick like, right that he took with his image. I remember it just being so stark and it happened so quickly and it was clear he was going through so much shit at the time that yeah. I could, like, people almost feel like, in, like again, it goes back to the obsession, like, you think you know them and it's like when your best friend, like, gets a boyfriend and she changes, it's like, oh, 
Justin Bieber got all this fame and now all of a sudden he's changed he changed so then you feel like you have the autonomy to like kill him because of it <laughs> like it's just make yeah. it make sense you know isn't that why also even just now that I'm thinking too about the idea of meet and greets like that's dangerous like doing a meet and greet is like what I literally like tonight I'm having the uh trivia night because we're recording on Valentine's Day I say that as I'm about to meet like 50 people who listen to the (laughs) podcast and like get hammered with them I'm like woo meet and greet who cares (laughs) no I love no yeah it it is dangerous it is dangerous and like but not with the floozies I don't yeah I don't remember them being like any and this was I mean this was 2014 but yeah, I don't remember there being any security measures or anything. Like you could have, a, a stalker could have easily purchased that ticket and gone right up and close and close to him and done something bad. Yeah, I'm sure now, especially after, I don't know, after the the most recent years, I'm sure that you have to get patted down and they check your bag. But I don't know, someone could still punch you in the face. To- no, totally. I mean, the opportunity is there, and like it'll be too late because the security guards, you know. It happened so fast. It's an easy thing to do. God. Well, let's move on to um, Kendall Jenner. She has had a wide variety of stalkers, and they are always trespassing on her property. And we have an interesting blind item to pair along with this. This was kind of the most recent one in 2021. A man entered her property. He was knocking on her windows and calling her name. She was at home, and her security detail, like, tucked her safely away somewhere inside of the house. And at some point, when the man couldn't get in, he decided to skinny dip in her pool until he was detained by the LAPD, and then they arrested him, obviously. And three years before that, in 2018, she filed a five-year restraining order against a man named John Ford. He was also trespassing on her property multiple times over the span of a couple months. And then in 2016, she also had another stalker who was lurking around her home. I know we like to make fun of Kendall Jenner for her anxiety because I feel like she's always bringing it up. But I will say when it comes to having anxiety about your safety and being, yeah, like 100%, I would have so much PTSD from that. So she's hired a bunch of more armed security and considering moving to a different home. Yeah, I remember when I was watching, have you seen her Architectural Digest video? I love her house. Is It's one of my favorite Architectural Digest tours. It's great. Me too. Um, what are your other top, like, 80 tours? Weirdly enough, I really like Chelsea Handler's, even though it's, like, oh, yeah, it's that like huge. Yeah, mid-century um, modern kind of, right? Yeah, Nicole yeah. Scherzinger, if that's how you say it, from the Pussycat Dolls. I, I don't like her. It's not my style, but I like that she has a swing over her pool. Oh, I'm a fan of, like, the niche details. Wait, God, who else is some of my favorite? Can I tell you a hot take? I wasn't nuts about Dakota Johnson's. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Dakota Johnson's is, like, one of my favorites. Like, if I could uh, have any of It her, just seems like homes. a little bit dark and cold in there. I, you know what? I like um, Adam Levine and Biotti. Oh, I haven't seen... I like... um, Have you seen Vanessa Hudgens? Oh, I need to check it out. Oh, Shay Mitchell. I like hers. Yes. It's kind of like... I would say Shay Mitchell and Vanessa Hudgens have similar... But I would say Vanessa Hudgens is even nicer than than Shay. Liv Tyler, her place in New York. I I could go all day, dude. I like love Architectural Digest house tours. Oh, they're they're the best. The reason I bring it up was because... I thought at first, because I'm pretty sure that house that Kendall Jenner showed on the AD tour was the house that got... You know, that has been... 
fucking trespassed by so many stalkers. And I think I'd read that she tried or attempted to perhaps move out, but she's talked about it so much on the show too, how like she loves home design. It's like her passion, da, 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 besides 818. But like, I think she's really put in a lot of time. It's her cool. passion besides 818. <laughs> I can't with her, dude. I just, <laughs> she has talked about how much like love and blood, sweat, and tears she's put into that home. So it makes me really sad for her that like her safety has now been compromised in the home that she's created, like literally with like her money and you know, all that money that she has. But yeah. I think she has still stayed in it because based on, like, the Kardashians on Hulu, it looks like she hasn't moved. But in that same breath, I guess the man that went to her house that had skinny dipped in her pool while she was home, I guess he – there was another instance. I don't know if it was the same guy, but after he couldn't get into Kendall's house, he tried to get into Kylie's house. Um, and it's just, like, it reminds me of, like, the Bling Ring. Remember that that documentary on Netflix? How yes. they were? It was basically, like, a one-on-one of how to find celebrity homes, how to scale, like, the Hollywood Hills to get inside these Hollywood homes. It's, like, it's not, I mean, it's quite simple if, like, you're crafty enough to do it. It's just, it's horrifying, and I feel terribly for her. Yeah. You're right. Like, having your home space invaded is just, like... I don't know. And there was this blind item here that said, this online tabloid is the reason a stalker got so close to this a list reality star. They kept posting pics of the star's home. And that was about TMZ. And yeah, like the Kardashians, not to be like so gross, but if there was anyone where like I had to stalk their house or die trying, I feel like one of the Kardashians would at the very least be the easiest to find because there's just so much content out there about them. Yeah, I remember when Keeping Up the Kardashians was, was still airing on E. Did you ever watch that show? Or like, I'm sure you watched it like here and there. Yeah, yeah, like I would watch episodes here and there. Yeah, like Chris's house that they would always show when like, you know, at the peak of the Keeping Up the Kardashians, that apparently wasn't even her home. It was like the outside, like the inside was, but like the outside yeah. of the home was never the home that, that Chris had lived in. And it's, I think it's interesting watching the Kardashians now because they certainly make it a point to show how much security there is in their homes. Like they'll be like, like something as simple as a conversation, Chloe will like be dropping something off at Kylie's or no, Chloe was picking up baby clothes from Kylie's house. And she goes, Oh yeah. Like security let me in. Like they always just make it a point to let the viewers know that you better watch out because there's security detail all around the premises of this like property. Which is I smart. Like that. Yeah, that's good. So uh, we have another celebrity here, Sandra Bullock. This was in 2014, and this is really scary because she was in the home when it happened. So a man entered her Bel Air residence, and she went into the closet to hide. And there's this like recording of her very shakily calling 911 and basically being like, "He's in the home. I'm in the closet. Let me see if I have the exact." quote here I don't think I have the exact quote but basically she called 911 and they ended up obviously coming to the scene and helping her out and taking care of him but the the thing was she had her son with her and he wasn't with her at the time it was like the one day a year he like actually wasn't at the house and she just remembers thinking like in the closet behind a safe door like oh my god thank god my son isn't here thank god my son isn't here and then what happened is afterwards police discovered that he had a bunch of firearms registered in his name he was stalking her for a couple of days and then inevitably what happened was that there was a standoff with the police department for hours at his house and he didn't come up and when they ended up going in they found out that he had died by suicide and what it looks like was that it wasn't even with a gun it looks like it was um self-inflicted injuries from a sharp 
object, which is even oh more twisted. So yeah, it looks like he barricaded himself inside. He refused to come out. And then when they came in, they found out that he was dead. So she talked about it on Red Table Talk. It was interesting because she actually said, what's sad is that the system failed him. There was an altercation with the SWAT team and he killed himself. And yeah, I, I would say that's multiple systems failing him too, because I think a lot of these stalkers just have mental health issues that aren't being addressed or taken care of. Yeah, and like, like, kind of going off of what you're saying, this is like pretty dark. But I know for a fact that when we think of people that are in like a mental distress state of mind, like I think of like say Britney Spears, right? When she was fifty one, fifty eight. But when that shit happens, there besides, in order to even get fifty one fifties, the barrier to even prove that to authorities is incredibly high. And once you do prove it out that this person should, in fact, be 5150 because they're proving to be a danger to themselves or others, they can only be held for a maximum of 72 hours. And then after that, then what? Okay, so you're held for 72 hours. You get a psych evaluation. You're in a hospital being monitored by nurses and doctors. But after those three days are up, you're kind of left to just go out into the world. Or like that guy you mentioned who once he was released immediately went to go stalk another Kardashian, just like a different one. And it's like, yeah, like you might be detaining somebody, but there's, this isn't fixing, we're not getting to the root of the problem here. It's just going to keep happening. That's, yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. It's, it just feels like the mental health crisis, this is a whole other topic, but like this does go very much in line with what we're discussing here because these people aren't getting the help that they need and not that it's a justification for their actions or their harmful behavior to these celebrities or anyone else for that matter but it's it's really sad because ultimately like unless the person who's committing these heinous crimes doesn't want to get help then like our health system in the U.S. will do nothing about it essentially like that person has to actively want help otherwise it's just it's gonna go unnoticed have you seen oh no you're not on TikTok I I might have seen it I've seen a few okay There's like a trend of videos going around like post uh, Chinese spy balloon or whatever that everybody's talking about on there where um, <laughs> they it'll be text over a video and it will say like China and Russia are about to find out why we don't have free health care. And then it's just a montage of all of our military crafts and like blowing things yeah. up and like our tanks and like our blah, blah, blah. So whenever people talk about health care, I just like think of those videos where it's like, this is why we don't, this is why they're stalkers with no health care because we go. have like a million and a half like fighter jets that could yeah. go at any minute. I'm like, well, I feel like we could take away maybe half of those and help people out. Just like a crazy idea. But Amen. Amen. Retweet. Anyway, so this next uh, thruple we're going to be talking about, this isn't technically stalking, but I just get tickled by it. It's Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, and Demi's ex-fiance, Max Eric. And this is when, God, what a moment in time. I feel like we all forgot about this. But basically, Max... It ended up being uncovered through old tweets of his, old Instagram comments and old interviews that he was basically like a clout chaser, fame whore. And he was obsessed with Selena Gomez. And there were old tweets where he was talking about how he wanted to marry her. He's gushing in her over her in old interviews. And it's funny that Demi Lovato ended up defending him and basically saying those have all been edited. These are faked. And it's like, girl, like, no, they're not. Like, okay, you think all of the tweets are faked? Like, what about the actual video clips of him talking about Selena? And there was even a tweet he had where he basically did the whole pitting women against each other thing and was like, Selena's hotter than Demi. 
like when somebody asked. It's like, ah, like what the fuck? We'll never forget, dude, Max Erich or whatever the fuck his name is. I was so triggered yeah. when he was dating Demi. And then when they broke up, remember he was crying. His photo shoot on the beach of like, him like crying and throwing the ring into the ocean. I like, li- like literally the way my, my body had a full body like rea- rash, rash reaction <laughs> to that photo shoot was, it was visceral. Like it was so, so cringe. And like, this is kind of going like a little bit on a tangent, but like there was just so much going on with like the Selena and Demi. And like I remember when Demi came out and was like, those tweets are doctored, you know, they're not real. People will say anything to kind of ruin my relationship. But it's like, what is the reason they are not friends? Do you know? Um, I mean, I think it's because Demi was in love with Selena, but that's just like my creepy little working theory. And I, I think other people say too that Selena wasn't there when Demi needed her. Who the hell knows, right? There's no, I mean, neither of them are officially going to say what's happened, but they both definitely agree that like they are not close friends. Yeah. I always thought it was like either one, Demi got pissed because Demi was kind of like the spokesperson for mental health and like Mm -hmm. bulimia and like mental disorders and all this stuff. And like all the while Selena's allegedly doing all this coke with like The Weeknd and Justin Bieber when she was like this. Yeah, I'd be a little bit bitter too if I'm taking all of the like, oh, you're the Disney girl gone bad. And I'm like, yeah, so is my friend. But her PR team just keeps covering it up. You know, exactly. Like Demi's like, why the fuck am I like being put on it? Like you're being put on as pedestal all the while. Like I'm taking all the heat when we're, you're doing the same, if not more, than I am because, it, like you said, you're all-star PR team. That's what I always assumed, and I maybe it was like you said, maybe with Selena. I, I find that when Selena was with Justin, she was very much self-involved, and she didn't really, like, care much about her friendships, and I that was kind of seen through, like, Taylor Swift's, like, hatred towards Justin towards the end, but yeah, I was just curious to hear what you thought about the the Ugh, dude, Jelena till I die. Like, I know that they're toxic, but there was something about when the two of them were together. Woo! You don't need to tell me <laughs> twice. Like, I, I, I'm obsessed. No, I love, and like, everyone knows I can't, ha- I can't stand Haley. so. Now, there yeah. is a blind item about these three, and it basically says, I'm not sure why this former tween teen singer turned A-list adult singer with the addiction issues. <laughs> what God, Jesus, what a way to say Demi. Yeah. Is trying to pass off her future husband's past tweets as fake. From day one of dating him, I told the world he was a stalker of her arch enemy to the point that there was a restraining order issued. So allegedly saying that Selena had a restraining order against Max. Drama. Oh. Scandal, scandal. Okay, I'm going to skip the Brie Larson one because I couldn't find anything about her stalker, but this, there was just a blind item basically saying that there were a lot of death threats. Dude, so many insoles, incels, is that am I pronouncing it correctly? Incel. Did not like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I didn't like her as Captain Marvel either, but not enough to like be a freak about it, you know? And a lot of people were freaks about it. What did you think? Did you read this Angelina Jolie blind item? Yeah, I basically how she was stalking Billy Bob. Yes. Okay, so this is kind of a some tea. So I, <laughs> I have a friend who met, she, she's like one of those girls, she walks in a room and everyone just like looks at her and pays attention to her because she's very pretty. So she was at a Starbucks one day and this guy approached her and he's like, hi, I think you're really beautiful. Like I, we, we at the time were probably about 26 and he was early 40s. Came out to my friend and was like, I think you're really beautiful. Here's my number, blah, blah, blah. And she just, she's a flirter, so she got his number or whatever. This is the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life. So fast forward about a year later after she met this guy, just call him Eric. I don't even know his name. Okay. He's like, I really want to see you. Will you come and visit me in Carmel? 
And she was like, do you want, he goes, I'll pay for everything. Like, you can come and I'll book your hotel. I'll pay for dinner or whatever. I'll just, I want to see you. So she brought me to the, like, this is so fucking weird. She, she and I drove from San Francisco to Carmel. He put us up in this, like, gorgeous hotel, took us to this, um, to this really, like, bougie restaurant that Clint Eastwood frequents called Mission Ranch. It's like, um... Wait, I love that. So you went out on dinner with them, too. Yes. And... I love it. I would be like, can we get the seafood tower, please? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, the nicest bottle of, like, champagne that you have, please. And he was, like, a... He works in Hollywood. And he's a producer. And he was telling us, he's like, Angelina Jolie, he would tell us allegedly, he's like, I used to work with her, like, at the early onset of her credit. I don't know, like, how much of this was bullshit or if he was, in fact, telling the truth. But I just took it for face value because he, he seemed as if he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. He told us that in the early onset of her career, he would drive her around. Like, he would be her driver in, like, the limousine. And he said, like, she, like, the the vial of, like, Billy Bob's blood was, like, a real thing. They would mm-hmm. rent out, like, motel rooms, and she would do a bunch of role-playing with Billy Bob Thorne. She would come in with a different wig. She would do, like, crazy, like, she would be a different woman every time, like, her and Billy Bob Thornton would have sex. Like, she was just as much, like, whatever you think she was, she was that girl. Like, this, like, you know what I mean? So I could kind of see this. Uh, dude, Angelina Jolie, I feel like, is the real deal type of person. You know, the same way that, like, Harry Styles tries to, like, cosplay David Bowie, and it's like, you're never going to be him, bitch. That's what every girl tries to do with Angelina. Like, that's what Megan Fox is trying to do with yes. Angelina Jolie. 100%. And it's like, you're not going to be her. With MGK and, like, Kourtney Kardashian, Travis Barker. It's like, before there was Kourtney Kardashian, Travis Barker, MGK, and uh, Megan Fox, it was Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Yeah. The OGs. But yeah, that was just a blind item basically saying that. <laughs> I guess this would have been a domestic stalker. I mean, this is all alleged, but it's basically saying that Angelina Jolie was like down, like she wanted to get what she wanted and she would just show up places and be like, I'm here. And she got his initials tattooed on her vagina. Like crazy yeah. shit like that. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Like that's what I want my celebrities to be doing though. Oh yeah. Like if anyone, they can do it. Ritual vitamins. For the last couple of months, I have had two habits. One of them is taking ritual vitamins. And then the other habit is telling everyone who will speak to me about ritual vitamins because I have been so obsessed with taking these vitamins, mainly for two reasons. One, they look cool, okay? They look so cool. I've never seen a cooler looking vitamin. And they also have a minty, fresh taste. I don't know why everyone is not doing this because you feel so invigorated and clean and energetic and minty fresh when you taste them. So I am always taking my ritual vitamins. I brought them down for Christmas. Everyone in the family took it and they all said the same thing. I love that minty fresh taste. Now, what is the ritual multivitamin for women? It is a clinically backed vitamin for women 18 plus. It's got high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable You take two capsules per day and it has nine key nutrients in them and such a cool looking like 
beadlet in oil type of pill. It's so fun to take them. So no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. So you can visit ritual.com slash fluently to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. Victoria and David Beckham. This one is full on bonkers. There's a woman, Sharon Bell. She was 58 when she was charged with harassing David Beckham. (laughs) I swear to God, when I thought castrating Justin Bieber and selling his balls for $250, $2,500 each was a lot. She thought that she was in a relationship with David Beckham and that his sperm was like in her eggs in her body. And the freakiest part of this all was not only was she just your run-of-the-mill freak show stalker, she showed up at their daughter's prep school. Their daughter was 11 at the time, and she said, I'm Harper's mother. I'm here to pick her up. And Victoria Beckham was there when it happened, and she just saw this, like, woman hanging out with, like, a little bit of a vacant look on her face. Yeah, obviously, she ended up getting taken away by the police. Apparently, there's a mental health act that you can be detained under in England. I need to look more into that. So she was detained there. When she was questioned, she said, a lot of people don't know this, but David's sperm was fused with my eggs. I love the way she reveals it like a fun fact. Like, a lot of people actually don't know this about me, but David Beckham's sperm is actually fused with my eggs. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like an icebreaker, but like... In prison. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That, something about, like getting children involved and, like, going to, like, the daycare where your ch- or whatever the school that your child, like, stays in, nothing to me is, like, this, a scarier situation. I don't even have kids, Terrifying. but, like, that, that's a really scary thought. And they said Victoria Beckham had some serious PTSD after that. And this was another fun fact. The, uh, the wacko stalker was asked for ID, and she gave her cinema card. Imagine someone being like, could I get some ID? And you hand them like your Jamba Juice punch card. You're like, yes, sir, officer. Here you go. I'd be like, okay, well, no further questions needed. You're coming with us. Literally. Taylor Swift has had a bunch of stalkers, but a lot of you fuckers keep giving me one-star reviews and saying I talk about her too much. So we're not even going to talk about her in this episode. Go give me a five-star review. Yeah. Shut up. Marilyn Manson as as the Angelina Jolie situation. Have you heard about his alleged stalking team? So I have have you watched Phoenix Rising on HBO Max? Dude, I haven't yet, but it's on my list and I hear it's really, really good. It's I don't know why it didn't get more hoopla or like marketing around it. Oh, it was, you know why. You know why because the team was out there trying to silence it. Honestly, that makes sense because I watched it and I didn't blink at all when I was watching that documentary. And guys, it's like I think it's like no more than 3 parts, but every second of each episode is so compelling, you can't take your eyes off of it. Evan Rachel Wood is so descriptive and so pointed and so natural in the way she's talking about everything and you can tell and she's very vulnerable in everything she talks about and like for anyone who doesn't know like basically the 101 is Marilyn Manson she talks a lot about in this documentary how when she was played when she was playing uh 
Tracy in 13, people often thought that because she played this mature character at the age of like 15, she was Tracy from 13, when in fact Mm. she was the most inexperienced, shy girl who's just trying to make it in Hollywood. She was like, I was put up against my peers like Hilary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, and they all had this like very cookie-cutter kind of career. They were Disney girls, etc. But I was this like more indie film girl that everyone assumed was just a lot more mature than she was. So she met Marilyn Manson at a party in Hollywood and he approached her and he was much older than she was at the time. Like, I think he's like maybe 15 years older than her. Came up to her and was like, I'm so inspired by your work. You are my muse. You are the reason why I want to continue making music. And she felt incredibly flattered because she's like a young girl just making it out in Hollywood. But so she allowed him to kind of get, you know, he started, it started very like harmless. Like he would invite her over for dinner and say, oh, I, you know, I want to just run some, some ideas by you through my music, kind of just making her feel really important. She's like, wow, this really seasoned man in the industry wants my opinion. Like, fuck yeah. And so it kind of started off as just like him assigning him, her as his muse, but it started to get a lot more like creepy where he started like engaging in sexual acts with her and she wasn't attracted to him but she it was just at that point she had been fully groomed and basically it spiraled into this like years and years long relationship where he would not only like rape her he would um torture her he would like bound her hands to this like he had this almost like cross like thing in his basement and he Mm. would bound her hands to this cross and like whip her and she's Jewish, and he had he would brand I think like Nazi symbols on her. Like it was incredibly abusive behavior. He would wake her up in the middle of the night. He wouldn't allow her to sleep. He wouldn't allow her to eat. Like the most torturous things, like old school torture that you would do in like prisons. He would do to her, and it was a crazy, ugly relationship. But essentially, what these blinds are saying now is that he's trying to flip the switch on her and say that she was the one stalking him, which is what this blind is saying. But I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of women and they're that also come saying out. too that like, which Marilyn Manson and dude, they're trying to do the same thing. All of these conservative pundits are trying to do the, the, I don't know what you would call it. The edit for army hammer where they're like, actually like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. But like his actual fucking aunt was a part of the documentary saying that the family is fucked up and like, you're gonna defend him even though and what really drives me crazy god i like really worked myself into a rage about this was that um rightfully so he's a sadistic candace owens and like megan kelly and all of these like fuckers are making these youtube videos about it and i swear to god one week they're like this youtube this music video is too provocative oh for shame for the children we need to be a more puritan society and then there's actual text messages of army hammer saying I want to eat you. Holy fuck, I'm 100% a cannibal. I've eaten the live heart beating fresh out of an animal. And then they go, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, these conservative people, they're so open-minded. And they're like, "Um, if it's consensual, it's totally fine. And we shouldn't meet to anyone. Okay, bitch, tell me why you then had an aneurysm over the WAP music video. Like, you're so completely, you have no morals you're so hypocritical anyway so they're now trying to say oh army hammer's a good guy who was getting the me too treatment and they're trying to do the same thing with marilyn manson and these are both two men who have this isn't just one person making a tweet there are so many people who have spoken out about these guys and it's just like anyway so part of this blind item is basically saying that 
Marilyn Manson, allegedly, along with members of his team, pose as different people and they stalk websites of their victim, dox them, and send fake requests to their emails trying to fish and get passwords to sites. And I know for a fact that Army Hammer has a bot team where if you say anything about him, you're going to get flooded with stuff. And if anybody wants to know more, just check, just check out the Zen Blonde and her TikToks and her podcast. And she was also a part of the documentary. It's just fucked up Holy that shit. now if you try to speak out against these people, I mean, we saw it happen in real time with Johnny Depp as well. There's a bot team that will just like send people after you and you feel completely harassed and silenced online. Yeah, it's, it's sickening. And like there was this one with Marilyn Manson, there was this one story that she told. He has this music video called Heart-Shaped Glasses. And, like, this is a, a very intense trigger very warning. Lolita, by the way, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, very Lolita. But in the video, she alleges that she he had put something in her drink before they started filming the music video. And she doesn't know what it was, but she basically says, alleges that she blacked out during that entire day. And... He's on video having sex with her, essentially, like, lifeless, incoherent body in the video. And she says in her, like, testimony, like, in this specific music video, I was raped, and I wish that someone on, on like, the scene during that music video taping will come forward and say that they saw, like, how out of it I was. And, like, in the documentary, someone comes out with, like, a written statement saying, I was there on the taping, and I was very incredibly disturbed. Like, I came home crying because I was so scared as to like your state of mind and what was going on in the music video shoot like it's it's terrible and like it doesn't surprise me at all that you have people like Johnny Depp, Army Hammer, Marilyn Manson flipping the script trying to like change the narrative via bots it's like so icky and disgusting and I hate it god okay well I'm definitely like literally this week I'm gonna watch Phoenix Rising and everybody yeah. else should too we'll have to do a, a Marilyn Manson episode because <laughs> I'm so because I'm so excited to get a bunch of one-star reviews from it from all the psycho <laughs> fans but like whatever okay we've got two more here that I want to mention one is Adam Driver so he had a stalker and this is like oh interesting the stalker dressed up as Kylo Ren his Star Wars character and went to the hotel he was staying at and would just be in the elevator up and down going like have you seen Adam Driver have you seen Adam Driver blah 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 and he was like yeah, that makes me a little bit nervous. The dressing up is weird. And then there was a blind item that says, this A-list mostly movie actor who is shooting back-to-back -back films this summer has a stalker who threatened to kidnap his dog. The, oh, the fuck weird that. threats that these people do is just, like, bizarre. Yeah, when you bring in animals to it, then I, I then you're cut off. Like, I will not You're really that. into that. It's so funny how it was, like, Justin Bieber's balls. You're like, okay. And then it's, like, the animals' balls. And you're like, not the animals' balls. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, no. Whatever about Justin Bieber. But if you take the dogs, you're dead to me. Like, that is fucked up. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. It's wrong. <laughs> and then this last person here is Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. So he filed a restraining order. And th this isn't a blind item. This is public news. There was a woman who punched his assistant and she got pretty freaking far into the house. So basically he had a female stalker. He denied her access to her property and then she became upset, which, right, we talked about that at the beginning, fan into fanatic. They love you until you set a boundary. So um, she... <laughs> This is just so stupid. She squirted ink from a sports bottle all over his car. And then she showed up at his residence while he was sleeping in the master bedroom on the second floor of his home. His assistant answered the door. She said she had a scheduled appointment with me. And then she, the assistant tried to verify the appointment. And the woman punched her in the face, 
ran upstairs to the second floor and entered the master bedroom where I was sleeping. I'm like thinking architectural digest, like how'd she know? Yeah. He goes, I was startled, jumped up, and began to resist the woman's advances. In the midst of doing so, she ripped my pearl necklace off my neck. So violent person here, and we had a blind item that said, blah, 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 this foreign-born permanent A-plus-list singer really needs to look out for his number one stalker. She has a very violent past and has punched those close to the quick boxer rapper and has also sexually assaulted the quick boxer rapper. Oh, actually, Jesus, I didn't even realize that until I said it. But yeah, like, imagine imagine somebody coming into your bedroom and, like, jumping on the bed and ripping your necklace off your neck. Like, I would have to have so much therapy. I would have to go away for a couple of months. Like, I don't know how I would just exist in public after something like that. Your home is, like, the most safe place. It should be the the safest place. And this is why, like, as a true crime fanatic, like, the feeling of someone invading my space is the scariest thing you could ever think of. Like, you hear about these stories where people, you know, like Aesop Rocky, when he's just sleeping and some woman terrorizes him and bolts through his his bedroom door like people wake up and there's like a man standing with a knife over their bed like nothing could be more traumatizing than that and I don't even know how you could remain in that house as something so sadistic and scary as that actually occurred like in the confines of your home have you heard of not to like totally freak you out but kind of have you heard of that like those stories of (laughs) so creepy People who, like, live in your walls and in your ceilings, like, there have been stories of people where they're like, oh, my God, like, all the food, like, who's eating this food so quickly? And then on camera, security camera, at, like, 3 a.m., all of a sudden, like, a tile in the ceiling moves and a woman fucking crawls out of it and eats their food and then goes back up and has been living inside their house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was an episode on This American Life, I think, where this guy... there was someone full on living in their in their basement. That's why I fucking I'm a insane person. Like I have like security cameras all throughout my house, and it's a little bit of an, not in like the guest bedrooms, but like it. it I, I I'm so paranoid. <laughs> like I wish we had Ring as a sponsor or something. Yeah. You know, so wrap up your security system, sponsor baby. Me Ring. Yeah. All my all my shit is sponsored by Ring. But yeah, like it's it scares the hell out of me. Like I don't. But like those things happen. Like you could have a squatter living in the confines of your home with unbeknownst to you taking like half a slice of your bagel and you're just like, oh, I think I did that. You know, you don't really think think anything of it. But yeah, these things do Isn't happen. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, thankfully my, I live in a studio so there is literally no room for anyone else, <laughs> yeah. not even a squatter. Me, myself, like, and I. <laughs> Good God. So that's all we had for this. And I really cannot stress enough that we only pulled out like seven celebrities. Literally every celebrity has had an instance with this. And it's it's just so freaky. It's really, really freaky. So um, let us know what you think. Did you ever drive by boys' houses when you were in middle school or high school or I don't know, anything like that? And also, what have you heard about these stories? And if you've ever heard of like any... I don't know, most insane wackadoo request. I will say, I know nobody wants to hear about Taylor Swift, but one of the weird things about her stalkers was that he swam to her house because it was in Rhode Island. It yeah, was like on the water. The Rhode Island house. Because <laughs> apparently she she um, blocked, that beach is private now. She like, oh, I think she might have sold the home, but I think she made that beach in front of her house private. Um, yeah. Maybe because of this. Dude, isn't that mad? Yeah. So Christy, thank you so much for coming on. Anyone who hasn't listened to last Wednesday because this will be out on Monday, Uh, we did a little advice segment on you, and now you're going to be doing advice segments on Wednesday for anybody who wants to drop in questions. 
Yeah, you know, we're going to help solve um, life's greatest mysteries on the mini-sode. Shannon and I, we cover, like, two relationship questions. And if you guys, I'm sure you get this question a lot, like, how do I start a podcast? What made you take the plunge? We also talk about that as well. But it was such a pleasure. I'm going to drop in a question for you next Wednesday. I'll be like, where'd that plane go? (laughs) And see if you can answer it. Yeah, do it. I'll answer it. Tell me where that plane went. Well, thank you for hanging out with me. Everybody, X knows all, a.k.a. Christy. Go check out her podcast, and uh, you'll be seeing her back here again very shortly, I presume. And thank you for being on the show, Christy. Yeah, thank you. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Christy for coming on. Once again, if you have not listened to our Malaysian Airlines uh, episode together, and you know what? She tagged me in something on Netflix, and Netflix, God, this entire episode, I guess, with you as well, is sponsored by Netflix. Netflix is going to be making a series about the missing Malaysian plane. We all remember that flight. The plane has never been found. It's giving very much lost. Lost the TV show. What is it with this episode today? You lost, like, there needs to be longer titles. Anyway, Go check out that episode. And if not, I will see you on Wednesday for a mini episode. Thank you for hanging out with me this week, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.